I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Fatima Fakori, registered dietitian providing virtual nutrition coaching services to people living with paralysis and spinal cord injury. Fatima was inspired by her husband, who was injured in a car accident many years ago, to focus on providing nutrition services specifically to people living with paralysis, who are often left out of popular wellness culture. Fatima empowers people living with paralysis to manage their weight and improve their bowel health by combining her professional expertise as a dietitian with her personal expertise of being married to someone living with spinal cord injury, her coaching program has allowed people with paralysis to regain control of their weight and bowel issues so they can feel more confident and live longer, happier lives. Welcome to today's episode. Can you let us know where we'll find you on social? Yeah, so my handle is paralysis.nutrition. Excellent. And then your website, you want to list that as well, Fatima? Yeah, so the website is paralysisnutrition.com. Excellent. And although that was a wonderful bio, is there anything that I left out or that you feel would be helpful to people? Just in addition to my online business, I do have a private practice here in New York where I see all kinds of different clients. So, so I'm doing both right now. I'm doing my private practice, which is local, and I'm doing the Instagram coaching as well. Wonderful. And so we'll get into that and talking about the differences, what you do in your private practice and how Instagram has helped you grow or or make sales in a a different way than what you're getting and how you're serving in the private practice. So uh, just really quickly, Fatima, with the private practice, how are you getting seen or how are you getting clients in that local practice? So my local practice is housed within a therapy practice. It is a pediatric, it's called the sensory space, and it is aimed at kids with sensory issues. So we have physical therapy, mental health, occupational therapy, and me. So I do get referrals from the other practitioners. I also have some relationships with pediatricians in the area. And I do accept insurance, select insurance plans. So surprisingly, um, I do get people who just are calling their insurance company and looking for a dietitian in the area. And they're given the option of you know, the outpatient dietitian at the hospital or me. So, so it's almost like free advertising. Yeah, great. And so it's free advertising, but they're coming to you with insurance. Yes. So is it any self-pay or is it all, um, would it all? I would say, I mean, with COVID, it's almost all except I would say like 10% is, is private pay. I do see eating disorder clients and you know, they tend to be self-pay because I, I don't accept every insurance. I only accept the good ones, <laughs> the ones that have good pay, good, uh-huh. good reimbursement. So yeah, the majority have been insurance-based. And with COVID, they are covering telehealth. I don't know if that's going to last forever, but, but for now, you know, it's, it's been pretty okay. Yeah, fantastic. 
Wonderful. So can you talk a little bit about your journey of where you started out and where you are now? I know you just mentioned your, your practice, your private practice, which is fantastic. You're getting referrals and doing insurance. Um, but what about talking about what you've grown from Instagram and that piece of the practice that's evolving? If you could just share a little bit about that. Sure. So, so my Instagram business is totally separate from my old fashioned, I call it brick and mortar private practice. The Instagram business is really, really focused on paralysis and spinal cord injury. So, and you mentioned this in my bio, my husband is living with a spinal cord injury. He uses a wheelchair. And that's how I really got into this because I realized that nobody was really talking about nutrition to this group of people who really needed the information. And I think that the Instagram business has has really taken off very recently, as I started working with you and being more focused and consistent with my marketing. And it is very separate from my private practice. And it sort of evolved now. The journey was like a lot of your other, I think, podcast guests, where we post what we like, right? So if you look back on my Instagram, you'll see it's, it's pictures of things that I ate, and it was not clear and it wasn't content that people with paralysis, it doesn't really resonate with them. So then I got more into the infographics and the, you know, speaking really directly to, to their issues and their issues are really maintaining weight, right? Because they have challenges with mobility and also gut health. So, so a lot of them are, or all of them really are dealing with symptoms of neurogenic bowel. So when you have paralysis, you know, you have chronic constipation and and a lot of really unfortunate issues that can impact your daily life. And so it's funny because when we first started working together, I told you, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't want to talk about bathroom stuff. But when I started focusing on what my ideal clients needed help with, which are things that I don't necessarily love talking about that's when I started getting clients. Amazing. So talk more about the mindset shift that helped you transform to going from talking about what you want to talking about what they want to help you get leads and then turn them into paying clients. Yeah. So, you know, I started off listening to your podcast and, you know, before we started working together and just, I think a lot of what you say was immediately effective. So rather than posting what I wanted, I started to sort of educate my audience on things that I thought would be helpful for them. And in the case of my, my niche, really talking about things that nobody else seems to be talking about. And I'm really passionate, passionate about, you know, my niche because I feel like, you know, and and I have a husband who's in a wheelchair. We're really, (laughs) I feel like sometimes we're kind of left out. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. You, you shouldn't feel that way. But there's a lot of things that I think leave people with disabilities out, you know, and wellness culture is one of them. And since I'm a dietitian and since my husband is in a wheelchair and I am aware, you know, of some of the issues, of course, he doesn't have all the issues that my clients have and vice versa, but I kind of got a, a view into what people could benefit from, you know, what can I do to serve this this group of people. And so in the beginning, it didn't really start off as as a business. It just was, 
you know, I, I'm connected with some, some groups, some advocacy groups and, and support groups. And, you know, I would just kind of see that there were a lot of questions about nutrition and uh, weight and, and things like that. And there wasn't really anywhere for people to go. So I started to kind of chime in on these conversations and give advice. And then I realized I could really help people with this. So I started to think of it more as a business, think of it as more of something that I could do, you know, not just to help people, but also to make money. And so listening to your podcast and, and hearing about the ideal client, that was a really big deal for me because I, I don't really know if I knew who I was speaking to or who I, who I should be speaking to. So that was really a game changer. When I started creating content that was educational and kind of simple, right? I think that as dietitians, we can really overcomplicate things and get really clinical. And I'll tell you, I, I had a lot of imposter syndrome and I, I still sort of do because the people that I work with, they're not your typical average person who just wants to lose weight. They have some underlying issues. And so I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not, I guess, sometimes I feel like I'm not an expert. But then when I work with people and I hear that they're doing better, that they feel better, that they did lose weight, then I'm like, you know, hey, maybe, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. So I think creating content, really just changing my content completely is what generated leads. And also just, I think, networking within my niche has been great. There's a lot of really popular, it seems awkward to say, but like wheelchair influencers. There are, they're, they're out there. And, you know, I just the other day went live with one of them and I got a bunch of followers, you know, talking about nutrition and stuff. And people who, you know, they're not your competition. They're, they're not talking about nutrition, but they're talking about health. They're talking about, you know, disability advocacy, and they're talking about things that are related, and they're really happy to promote you and to, to work with you. So that has really expanded my reach within my niche. That's amazing. And your story is both inspiring and I think just incredibly motivating for dietitians to listen to. So thank you for sharing that and sharing that you feel, it sounds like marginalized a little bit in the space. So what's given you the confidence then with that to be able to really show up, right? And you really bring it with the content, with the clarity, with, um, with networking, like what's motivated you to, to take that extra step that a lot of us dietitians don't take? Uh, you know, that is a very good question. So what motivates you? I think that when I had a small success, <laughs> it kind of snowballed. So, so when I changed my content and I went more into infographics, I got a lot more engagement and it's not about, you know, you always talk about the vanity metrics, the likes and, and stuff like that. And, and I got a lot of likes on my pictures of food, but I never got leads. And then when I changed it to infographics and talking about, you know, bowel health and talking about weight loss, I got a lot more engagement. So I think that is coming with time and I'm still not the most comfortable. I do, I will say being sort of the only one in my niche talking about it has been cool because I feel like people are, there's no one else really talking about this subject to this specific audience. And I was afraid of niching down into this audience because I didn't know they have so many other things to think about. Like, do they even care? about nutrition? Are they willing to pay for services? And then when I got really a lot stronger in my marketing, you know, they came and I, I have had 
very quick changes and, and increases in, in revenue and stuff like that since I've been working with you. And so the motivation comes from people just really liking the content. And I don't mean like, like, you know, double tap. <laughs> I mean, like when they reach out to me and when I get on a discovery call and, you know, I had one this morning with this amazing, amazing woman who she's an actress and she has been in a wheelchair since she was two years old. And she was like, you know, can I just tell you, I'm so glad you're doing this. And that to me is just builds me up because when you hear right from the source, you know, right from your ideal clients that your service is needed and that they're so happy to have found you. I mean, some of the words that I hear from them are like, I was relieved or I feel so lucky or I feel so like seen, you know, and these are things that really motivate me because I do think that when you are a person with a disability, like my husband, it's not easy. It's really not. It's not an easy life. And it's, it's not something that I love talking about. I like to kind of keep up a certain appearance and say, you know, we're fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. <laughs> and the truth is sometimes we're not. And I think that people in my niche really get me. And it's funny because I learn so much from my clients. I learn, you know, there's not like a, a central place to go for tips about certain things when you're a wheelchair user. And so I have found that they are such an asset to me because they have cool ideas about how to navigate this life. And, and you know, I've, I've been married for seven years and, and we have two toddlers and, and sometimes things are a little challenging. So connecting with people in my niche has not just been good for my revenue, but it's been good for just my life. You know, I feel happy to see other successful, you know, people who are like my husband, who happen to have either had an accident, you know, my husband had a car accident, it was 17 years ago. And I met him 10 years after his injury. So so this was something that I, you know, I, I don't have, it's not like a uh, we were together and he had the accident and we had to deal with it. It's like something that I went into knowing that this is how it's going to be, but you never really know how something is going to be, you know, until you're in it. Sure. So seeing yeah. other families, you know, I work with so many amazing people now and just kind of, even just for my husband too, to see that like the stereotype of if you're disabled, you are not maybe as productive as a member of society is, it's been very empowering and just, it just feels good, you know, to know people. I have lawyers, I have professors, I have teachers, I have an actress. I have all these amazing clients that they just happen to have had an accident and they need someone to help them maintain their weight and, and talk about really specific issues that maybe another dietitian wouldn't know because we don't receive any training. I mean, I didn't. I have my master's from NYU in clinical nutrition. I very vaguely remember something about calculating a BMI, you know, for somebody who has an amputation. <laughs> and that's not even who I work with, but I think that's like the closest I ever got to knowing anything about spinal cord injury. So having a dietitian out there who is willing and ready to talk about things like neurogenic bowel, and talk about weight loss with paralysis, you know, where you can't compensate with exercise and also things like skin integrity, a bunch of stuff that in the beginning, I, I really was very uncomfortable talking about stuff that is maybe not glamorous. I myself in my, in my private practice am 
you know, I work with kids, I work with moms, I work with, with, you know, older people. And it's, it's more of an intuitive eating model. And I don't do weight loss. And I remember that when you and I started working together, (laughs) I said, Libby, I can't on one side do intuitive eating and then turn around and teach people how to do weight loss. And you said, you can do whatever you want. And to me, that was just, that was so big because different audiences, they need different things. And it doesn't make me, it doesn't violate my code of ethics. You know, I think there's a lot of chatter online about what you can and cannot do and and what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, who made those people the morality police? You know, I have women who need intuitive eating and I work with them in my private practice. And then, yeah, you're right. I do turn around and teach people with paralysis how to eat so that they can maintain a healthy weight so that they can prevent future health complications, so that they can be independent and move around as much as they can on their own without help. I myself am not in any shape or form a caretaker for my husband, and it's because he's in good health. And I think that, that I struggled with that for a really long time about being wishy-washy with my content and not talking about weight loss when really my clients do need to lose weight. It is medically indicated. And I now feel good about it. But for a long time, I was like, oh, you can't do one thing and then turn around and do another thing. And it's like, yes, you can. Libby says you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you. That's such a beautiful story. I really uh, love that reflection. And I'm confident that your story is going to resonate with so many listeners about you taking ownership, um, ethically aligning, and then seeing what they want and what they need and giving it to them. Really yes. empowering. Incredible. You're saying that you have worked, that you do work with actress, teacher, lawyer, professor, all different types of people who are in a wheelchair, wheelchair users. And you've talked at length about the impact you've made. So I had two questions. Firstly, did these people find you from social media and your efforts with your clear content strategy? Yeah, for the majority of my clients, yes, they found me on Instagram. I did luck out and I made friends with some other people in my niche, as I mentioned, and occasionally they'll repost stuff from me. And so I have gotten people that way. I do have a Facebook business page where I automatically post my Instagram content on there. I haven't really gotten people from there, but from the support group that I am a member of, the support group is wives and girlfriends of men who are in wheelchairs. And so the care that they have for their partner has sort of inspired them to get in touch with me on their behalf. So that's been a little bit interesting too. Now, I don't create content for spouses and partners, not too much. I, I, I did on my birthday do something about caretakers and I, I got a lot of a positive feedback from it, but I do get... I would say the vast majority of people from Instagram and people sharing my content has been really, really great. The discovery call I had this morning, she found me not through her own Instagram, but a friend of hers sent her my post. So yeah, it's been, it's been very, very great for business. And getting people to share their content and networking, those are all like good ways and signs that your content is effective because they wouldn't share and repost or talk about your content if it wasn't good in the first place. So just to give you enough credit so all the listeners know, like Fatima's ability to talk to her ideal clients about the pain points they struggle with is like exactly how she's gotten this success, right? You would say 
your content alignment has been able to get it shared and seen in front of the right people at the right time to get, to get them, get you to help them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that speaking really directly to them, like when I do a post that's kind of, if it doesn't say, you know, paralysis in the, you know, heading, it doesn't do as well. And I, I don't put paralysis in every single one of my posts, but like 80%, you know, cause I, I, I do think that a big part of why people are responding so well to me is because I'm not wishy-washy. I am speaking really specifically to this audience. When I talk about gut health, I'm not talking about IBS and I'm not talking about all other issues. I'm talking specifically about things that happen when you have neurogenic bowel. And I so far don't really know if, if there's anyone else, you know, a dietitian at least, speaking about these issues to this audience. That's great. You've really paved the way. And I also wanted to ask, Fatima, you mentioned that you're making more revenue. Are you comfortable sharing those numbers or letting us know how you're doing? Uh, yes, I am, because I feel like women need to do that. Not be ashamed to say, you know, like I said before, <laughs> for the past four years, I have worked really, really part time. I, you know, nutrition is my second career. And I spent my whole 20s in a really difficult, toxic corporate job. And then when I went back to get my master's in nutrition, you know, that was another three, four years of my life where I didn't make any money. <laughs> I just spent, you know, on my education and my DI. Then I got married. I did a, a very short stint in a clinical job. And when I got pregnant, I quit. I didn't want to work in the hospital. So, and, and my kids are two and four. So I've been busy being, <laughs> being pregnant and being a postpartum mom and then getting pregnant again. So, so I really haven't worked that much. And so for me in my marriage too, and, and I, I have no problem saying this, like I haven't really contributed. So now I feel very empowered. And, and it's funny because this morning my husband and I were talking and saying like, Hey, you could start paying some bills now. Like I'm going to start sending them over to you. And I am, I am so thrilled to be able to do that. And so full disclosure, my, I started my Instagram page. I think it was in November of 2019. And it was really, like I said, pictures of stuff that I like and no clear strategy whatsoever. And I made one sale from November to January. It was my ideal client and it was great. And, and I sold, you know, two sessions to him and, and that was it. And then I had a bunch of discovery calls, maybe like 10 between January and April. And I closed two of them. And when I started with you, my, my close rate was 20%. I had told you that. And you said, Oh, yeah, you know, that's fine. You know, you're not going to sell everybody. So when I started the group program in April, in April, I sold one package, right? And so that was the first real package that I sold. And then in the month of May, so I went from April, I, I sold that package. I raised the price since then, but I sold that package for $350. And so in April, my Instagram business made $350. In May, and you know, we still have two days left and I, I made a sale this morning. So I'm up to $5,500. Incredible. For Absolutely May. Incredible. So walk, walk us through, um, tell us about that. Like break it down. You know, so 
like I said, before I had no strategy, I was not posting consistently and I wasn't posting what my ideal client needs help with. And when I started with you, I said, ugh, I don't want to talk about poop. <laughs> you know, I just don't want to. And then I realized that if you really want to serve your audience, you can't talk about what you want to talk about. I want to talk about intuitive eating and recipes and feeding my kids. That's what I want to talk about. And so I follow those accounts. Yeah. But for my business, I need to focus on what these people need help with. These people need help losing weight. These people need help with emotional eating, which is cool because that, that ties into my, my real, true personal philosophy on nutrition. They need help with topics that other people aren't talking about. So I need to do that. And so I started to create content that pretty much hit the pain points, right? Like you say, I talk about weight. I talk about constipation. I talk about supplements, which is a big thing in my, in my niche. I think a lot of people take supplements and, and think that they're going to solve everything. And I also, I started talking a, a little bit about mental health, which has been great. I've gotten some good feedback from that, just about like motivation and, and making small changes and things like that. So when I hit the pain points and I started posting, my strategy is to post one time every single day. So in a week, I will post six or seven times, never less than six. And I started to show my face on stories, which is difficult for me. But, you know, that's why we have the natural glow filter. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I get on there and I use my little filter and I feel fine. And I talk about my post. Usually I talk about my post for the day. And then if I am, I think maybe three or four times a week, I'll talk about my services. So I'll talk about whatever I'm trying to promote. Like right now, I sold a bunch of one-on-one -on -one packages in May, which is great. And I'm happy to do that. But I really want to get into group coaching. So I started advertising my group coaching program. I took four people and I filled that group program in like eight days. Yeah, just by talking on stories about it. And, you know, you talk about pre-selling a lot. And I think a lot of us get, and my, myself included, we're a little scared, you know, that we need to be perfect and, and we need to teach people everything we know. And the truth is, if you help somebody in a small way, that's already improving their life and you're going to get better. So I hesitated to start group coaching because I, I don't know, I just didn't know, I've never done it before and I don't know what that should look like. So I broke it down and I started to just say, all right, five weeks, first week is a, is a one-on-one -on -one, and then the rest are group calls and we're going to have, you know, discussion and there's going to be peer support. My niche thrives with peer support. So I think that group coaching is going to be great. So right now, I did fill my first group coaching program. It's going to start next week. And then I started today to take discovery calls for my next group, which is going to start like two or three weeks later. And, you know, with COVID, we don't have preschool or childcare. And I am working from home, as is my husband. We have the toddlers and I, I need to maximize my time. And I also think, you know, in my niche, there are people who absolutely can afford one-on-one -on -one services, which is like a more premium offering, but there's a lot of people who can't. And so, you know, it's kind of a different model is you don't get as much one-on-one, -on -one, but you do get all the education. So I, I'm happy 
to better serve my niche with different offerings. There are people who have maybe a complicated situation. Like I have a discovery call later with someone who wants to gain weight because they're in a more, they're in a different place medically. So that's not a good fit for my group coaching. So I'm going to, and you know, it's funny, I say, I'm going to sell them <laughs> a one-on-one because I, I truly feel like I will. And before, you know, I started working with you, I told you this, my sales calls were a mess. Like I just didn't have any structure. I didn't take charge. I let them just talk at me and I, I maybe even just gave them some information for free and nobody really signed up. And I think I, I told you this before. I've noticed that when you have kind of weird, vague content, <laughs> you get weird, vague clients. And when you get really focused and say, A, B, C, this is what I'm focusing on, you get people who are focused. And when your marketing is strong, people come to you ready to buy. That's straight out of your playbook. And now I feel when I have a discovery call, I don't want to say I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going to sell it, but I'm pretty sure because now I've gone from, you know, I had a 20% close rate. Now it's like... I mean, last week, it was like a 90% close rate, like almost everybody, except I think one out of 10 signed up. And, and, and I think that when you talk in stories, and you talk about like yesterday, I, I talked about a client win, people in wheelchairs can't really weigh themselves because they're in a wheelchair and how weigh themselves. So you know, my client said, my shirts fit better. And it just made me so happy. And I really milked that. <laughs> I posted it. And I talked about it in stories. And, and I think, you know, I, I wrote that down as, as, you know, sharing a client win. That's the first time I ever did that, you know, because I knew and my, my I've only seen some of my clients once or twice. So I'm now starting to get client wins. And I'm, I'm going to use that to encourage people that hey, you know, you can do this too. So yeah, I think the marketing, the posting consistently, getting on a sales call and taking charge and saying, this is how I run these calls. You tell me what you need. I tell you what I do and we'll see if those things align. Boom. And it's, it's just been a, a game changer, I think. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so your mindset on sales calls, I see this shift is... Um, oh, major, <laughs> major. I love that you're owning it, Fatima, and you're saying I do, and I I get pumped. I'm like, you know, this afternoon, like, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to run downstairs, I'm going to make lunch for my kids, I'm going to put my daughter for a nap, and then I have four sales calls lined up, and my, I'm on a roll these days, so I'm feeling like, let's not, you know, get down on ourselves, because, you know, you did that post on me where you said, oh, Fatima made $1,000 in a day. And I was like, oh, I did. But then for three days, I sold nothing. And rather than just be like, oh, I just kept posting every day. I started talking on stories more. And not just, you know, a boomerang or like a picture of me talking in stories. I see a lot of increase in discovery call requests when I talk about my program. It seems so simple, but like I needed to be told to do that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think to do that on my own. And so, yeah, now my mentality is people are coming to me excited. People are coming to me ready to invest. And, you know, if they're not, no big deal. And I can tell in like the first two minutes that it's not 
really going to be a fit. And, and that's okay. You know, you learn from those calls and not to say that that person won't come back to you because they might. So yeah, my mindset is completely different. My mindset is like, I have four calls this afternoon. I'm going to try to sell three of them. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. And if it, if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. There's still tomorrow, but I'm not going to like shrink down and say, Oh, I didn't sell. So I better stop. You know, that just is, is not a good mindset. As you said. Yeah. And thank you for setting that example for, for our colleagues. So a couple questions. Firstly, what's next for you in your business? The month of May was amazing. And so part of me is I'm not afraid, but part of me is like, well, what's it going to take for you to do that again? And is it, you know, I like to set goals that I'm going to reach. <laughs> I don't like to set these these huge goals of like, you know, I hear about some of your clients and they make, you know, 10,000 a month, 16,000 a month, but I know that they've been working at this forever. I've been working at this honestly for two months. So I'm not going to have a goal like that. Wait a minute. I, they haven't been working forever. I have one of my most successful clients made 300,000, made $30,000 in three months. So some of my clients hit that. Uh, okay. So, All right, and you went from fifty dollars to five thousand. So you, your likelihood of increasing that, if you continue, it, there, that is a you know high probability if you're able to continue the behavior. So it's not that they've been working on it for a while; it's that they've been working on it strategically. Yes. Okay, and that is, that is so true. My thing is, so when I started working with you, we set a a three month goal. I set a three month goal of five thousand. Yep. So I have reached my three month goal, exceeded my three month goal in two months. So now, you know, I'm reevaluating and saying, okay, my first goal was 5,000 in three months. My next goal, because I want to, I want to crush it. I don't want to set it too high. My next three month goal is 7,000. Okay. Right. And if I hit that in two months, okay, then I'll, I'll reevaluate and I'll see, you know, I have not set a monthly goal yet because I feel it's only been two months. So I don't know what each month is going to look like. I'm comfortable with setting a three month goal, crushing it hopefully, and then making another goal. So that's my strategy. And in terms of what's next for my business, well, I've been reaching out a lot to rehab centers. So for people who are not familiar, most of my clients have a spinal cord injury that is caused by an accident, whether it's a car accident or a diving accident or just falls, all kinds of things. And some don't, you know, some, some are living with like spina bifida or spinal stenosis, or they had a horrible experience in a surgery or something, and now they're, they have paralysis. So for me, for my clients, I feel like one-on-one -on -one is great for the people who really need it. And group coaching is a really good fit for people who need community and stuff like that. And I think that after you have an accident or something that causes your paralysis, you, you know, usually go to rehab, like a rehabilitation place. And so I connected with the one that my husband went to, which was the Kessler Institute in New Jersey. And there's a bunch of places like Mount Sinai, all these like rehab places and they all have Instagram pages and they do, you know, coffee chats and they do, you know, virtual meetings and things like that. So I have been reaching out to them and just saying, Hey, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. 
I'm a dietitian. My husband is, has a spinal cord injury. This is my coaching business. And I don't really like to work for free, but I do certain things like I'll do a live, I'll do a podcast, something like that. I will do with those people. And I'm trying to do that more. I have only recently started to reach out to them to expand my reach because I would love to kind of have my name out there with the people who are working with my niche, you know, right away and get them in to see a dietitian who knows about this life and knows what you need rather than 15 years down the line, then starting to see a dietitian, which is, which is the case with most of my clients. So in the next couple of months, I would like to transition mostly to a group coaching model. I think that depending on your niche that can or cannot work for mine, it seems to be very desirable to be in a group. So for the month of June, I have one starting and then I'm going to start, I started today filling the next one. So my goal is to run two groups a month and start them like stagger them. So it's like two weeks apart and maybe work on some specific, not just the weight loss and gut health, but maybe, you know, do a group that's just for women or do a group for couples that are going through infertility. I know that that's probably going to be my next, my third group is going to be about that. And then trying to just progress my offer, as you say. So I no longer offer single sessions. I no longer offer three session bundles. I only offer five and seven one-on-one packages. And then I offer the group. So growing my groups and really, I guess, making the one-on-ones more of a premium and then trying to expand my reach. It's funny with Instagram, there's no like printouts or anything. That's more what I do for like my private practice. I have like rack cards and stuff, but I am going to create some rack cards and send them to the rehab centers. So they have something that they can give to people in their discharge packet. And I know that's a little old fashioned, but I, I, I'd like to try it, you know, and get my name out there. Fantastic. I love all of those ideas. Thank you for sharing. And um, I know you've given a lot of good tips about showing up, being consistent, talking on your story, solving a problem, being clear, creating content for them and not you, relating to your market, right? So you've really covered a spectrum of different topics, both from impact and income. And thank you for sharing your goals and what's next for you. For the dietitian listening, who either isn't making money or maybe she's making a little bit of money and she needs actionable steps, um, she needs some help and inspiration, what would be uh, one or two practical tips you would give to her looking to start a virtual business if she's feeling insecure like so many dietitians feel? Yeah, so we all feel insecure in the beginning because we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) You know, I'm good at nutrition counseling, but I don't know anything about marketing. And me, I'm somebody who worked in, in publishing. So I have, you know, I was an editor. I do have that business background. And still, it's not something that I really connected with my career in nutrition. So I think that, you know, listening to your podcast has been, before I, you know, before I started your group program, listening to your podcast was great. I, I really recommend all dietitians who are considering, you know, starting an Instagram business to listen to the podcast and the, the books that you recommend, you know, start with why. I haven't gotten to them yet, but I have them on audio and I'm going to start doing that. My number one thing would be to, really hone in on who do you want to work with? Because, you know, even now in our, in our group program, which is winding down, I think some people are still struggling after a couple of months to figure out who is your ideal client and, and what can you help them with? And in my case, 
I was afraid to niche down because I thought it was too specific. But it turns out that's why I am successful because I'm not trying to speak to everybody. I am trying to be a safe place for people who are marginalized and left out of wellness culture. I'm trying to make it, my page is like the cool wellness page for people with paralysis. Now, I think that if you have a niche that you feel maybe confused about, to really do market research and figure out like, how many people are already talking about this subject and what can I do to set myself apart? And you have so many previous guests on your podcast that have really unique niches. And I think, you know, I'm probably biased, but I think the smaller niches, they're really, really, they're the ones they, they need it. You know, they need you. And it feels authentic when it's something that you connect with, as opposed to, you know, just kind of picking something because you think it's popular. You know, I did the opposite. I picked something really unpopular that almost kind of made me uncomfortable, right? You know, when it comes to my marriage and my husband, I am very fiercely protective and, and we have kids and I want to kind of normalize, you know, my son is four and, and he started to ask, you know, why does daddy have a wheelchair? And, and, and we're, we're figuring it out. And so I think that showing my kids that it is, fine and it is totally normal to be in a wheelchair and live your life and I engage with people like that all the time and I think that if you have a niche that you think is maybe not maybe popular don't be afraid just try it you know and and I'll say this I, I didn't even mention this before when I started working with you my handle was SCI nutritionist and that stands for spinal cord injury and you kept saying, like, nobody knows what SCI is. And I said, well, my niche knows what it is. And it's true. But what I ended up doing after our first group call was I started thinking, I got a little nervous. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if my niche is willing to pay because they haven't paid so far. And so I changed my handle to paralysis.nutrition because I realized that that was so much more clear. And that when you see paralysis nutrition, Everybody knows what that means. It's a word that we understand. So I think getting clear on who you want to talk to and then just trying it. You know, I tried some other stuff before and it didn't work. Still to this day, you know, I, I track my posts and I see which one generated a lot of website clicks. When I posted something that I thought was great, I wouldn't get a lot of engagement. And now I'm learning with each post and so that's actually great advice is don't hesitate to post, you know, don't hesitate to just try something. I tried for the first time something that talked about mindset. And I think, you know, getting into the mental health part of this is going to be a big deal for my brand, but it's something I just tried and I got some website clicks from it and it was, it was surprising. So I think balancing what you know works and throwing in something new every once in a while and testing it is a good thing to do. And, and if you are hesitant, you know, hesitation and waiting doesn't really accomplish anything. And I learn with every post. And it used to take me two hours to create a post. And now, it, you know, 20 minutes, I can make one because I did the work in the beginning. And I figured out, all right, don't bother posting about this because people don't resonate with it. Stick with what does work. And, and if you're somebody who doesn't have clients yet, it's not going to always be like that. I literally had one, no, three clients 
for five months. And then I changed my strategy and it turns out, you know, being specific and being vulnerable and, and talking about things that maybe other people aren't talking about is a good way to set yourself apart. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Uh, incredibly inspiring. Any final words you want to leave us with? At so I guess I'll just say that investing in coaching was something that I was afraid to do because it is an investment. And let's be honest, I wasn't making much money. And I did make my investment back in two months. And I, you know, I look forward to, to continuing working with you because it's almost like I tell my clients now I have a coach because I don't know about business. So you need a coach because you don't know about nutrition. So the same way that we serve our clients, we may need somebody to help us because, you know, maybe you could do it on your own. Maybe, maybe you're really savvy. Maybe you're, you're able to, to do it, but full disclosure, you know, I was not. So, so my, my advice is not to hesitate to reach out for support and, you know, admit that you don't know everything. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Incredibly inspiring. And if you could just remind everybody where to find you on social so they can connect and tell you how much this uh, episode impacted them. Sure. So on Instagram, I am paralysis.nutrition. And on my website is paralysisnutrition.com. Excellent. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.